against Bitcoin. It's going up forever, Warren. another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live, or your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, color breaking news, culture, matic warfare will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Uh, very interesting. The Overton window continues to shift. Uh, very popular content creators that are not within the Bitcoin echo chamber uh, continue to talk about Bitcoin. Uh, it seems like Tim Pool, one of the most popular broadcasters or podcasters on the face of the planet is literally saying like i'm happy i bought bitcoin right and this is something that max kaiser shout out to him to give him credit started like a decade ago you know he tried to give 10 those you know supposedly those 10,000 bitcoin to alex jones right he was trying to orange pill tim pool from the very beginning but you know number go up does something very interesting and i've noticed this after a while it's going to be my eighth year in bitcoin and what i've noticed is you tell people you know, four or five years ago, right? And they don't really listen the first time. But then they start to listen when the number goes up because you planted that seed. And then they remember like, holy crap, Nico told me five years ago, uh, this thing is going up and then they convert, right? So number go up does its thing, right? You, sh you just got to plant the seeds really. Uh, so this is very interesting. We're going to talk about that today. We have all the data. And then, of course, uh, Gary Gensler getting grilled by the legacy media. So a government official, right? This is like, this is crazy. Bitcoin's incentives are, are winning. It's, it's so funny when you have BlackRock on your side, <laughs> the conversation changes. But, uh, you know, you, you, you literally saw Gary Gensler getting grilled on the legacy media. And usually you'd never see this. Usually the legacy media is very friendly towards, you know, the government narrative or, or government talking points. So I found that very interesting. So we're going to get into all this today. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, conversation. We also have a very special guest joining us as well. We have McShane. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Appreciate you coming back on the show. Great to be here, man. I'm excited. Love what you guys do. It's been a minute. And of course, my legendary host, he's smiling today. So it's going to be an incredible show. Dude, I smile every morning, bro. You just catch me at the wrong time. No, no. Sometimes <laughs> you just got like straight face. And when it's a straight face, it's just, you know, it's it's going to be a bad day. It's, no, it's, it's going to be a good a, day, bro. It's a bad omen. It's a bad omen. Anyways, it's, what are we, you know, we going to talk about during the culture, homie? Yeah. So McShane, of course, head of programming at the Bitcoin conference. So we'll touch on that a little bit, but we kind of teed up a pretty cool conversation for Bitcoiners out there. You know, we are in price discovery mode. We're trying to get the new Bitcoiners on board, get their mind rights going into this bull run. So we're going to kind of touch on that and then move into what we can look forward to at Bitcoin conference, you know, Bitcoin Asia, Bitcoin Nashville. So I think we got a, a solid show, but we will kind of touch on the idea of like what new Bitcoiners should do because I, I this is basically why I do the show as well is because I made every single mistake when I got into Bitcoin and I just somehow survived it and this is the point of the show is to make sure that people minimize the mistakes so I think McShane's gonna drop some sauce for us today I'm, I'm super excited for this one yeah 100% all right ladies and gentlemen no more delay let's jump straight into it we have a lot to talk about let's check it out here we go the Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase 
really secure. Stamp Seed's do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial-grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamped seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive, and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on Stamp Seed. I also want to give a shout out to our flagship sponsor, Bitcoin Well. Buy real Bitcoin. Bitcoin Well is the self-custody Bitcoin platform on a mission to enable independence. They're a publicly traded company coming out of Canada, established in 2013. They just recently expanded to all 50 U.S. states. And of course, it's the first Bitcoin on-ramp that is Bitcoin self-custody by default. That's right. Can't buy Bitcoin on Bitcoin Well unless you're going to take it into self-custody, which per perfectly aligns with the Simply Bitcoin ethos of the separation of money and State. So guys, don't delay. Check out BitcoinWell.com today. All right, everybody, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 52,170 sats per dollar under 2000 sats is 1,917 block height, 830,605 blocks to having 9,395 having estimate April 19, 2024 total lightning network capacity, 4,789 Bitcoin capacity value 249 million us dollars realized monetary inflation 1.75 percent the market capitalization of bitcoin 1.02 trillion dollars bitcoin versus gold market cap 7.43 percent in the grand scheme of things bitcoin is just getting started quick etf update i have a i have a feeling that the change in tune from the legacy financial media uh, probably has to do with the fact that BlackRock currently holds 109,000 Bitcoin. Uh, the Fidelity ETF is holding 82,000 Bitcoin. And just to kind of give you guys a reference point, uh, it took Michael Saylor really four years, three and a half years to stack 190,000 Bitcoin. BlackRock in a matter of months, uh, like in a matter of month of a month and a half, uh, they stacked 109,000 Bitcoin. Uh, we were we were telling you guys yesterday about the incoming supply shock. They're buying more Bitcoin uh, that is being released onto the market daily. And not to mention the halving is basically in 60 days or so. So, uh, you know, it looks like all the stars are aligning and, you know, I'm incredibly bullish. Anyways, uh, it's things, very interesting things happen when BlackRock is on your team, right? One of those things is the legacy financial media changes tune a little bit. Here is Gary Genzer that absolutely dropped the effing ball with the ETF approval, right? You know, the, uh, the, the, ET, the SEC Twitter got hacked. Um, they didn't follow their own procedures about enabling 2FA. Uh, one of the tweets was really ironic because it said, like, don't trust any information unless it comes from the SEC. And the hack tweet was basically the Bitcoin ETF got approved. Uh, then Gary Genzer went out to say, yeah, that tweet did not come from us. It was compromised. Then the next day they said, in fact, it actually was approved 
Um, and throughout this whole process, the whole point of the SEC, you know, is to prosecute or to go after market manipulation. <laughs> they manipulated the F out of the market by not enabling the 2FA themselves, right? So anyway, so here is Gary Genzer going on CNNBC. And it's just interesting. It's an interesting conversation. So I'm going to play it. It's about three minutes and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Let's check it out. By right. regulation. Is, is that the problem, though? It's not necessarily Bitcoin, Bitcoin, the underlying asset, but more the froth and the potential for fraudsters to use it that has well, been Well, this is concern? a field, Becky, that's been uh, rife with fraud and manipulation. And look at all the bankruptcies. And you've, you've had on this set right. people talking about those various bankruptcies. And it's not just one entity. It's entity after entity after entity. And then investors are just lining up in the bankruptcy court. What do you make of, uh, this goes to the underlying piece of this, you've heard uh, Jamie Dimon say that he would close it down, that basically Bitcoin I, is, I've, I've you've seen the comments, right? It's not just that he closed it down, that he would say it's, you know, used by drug dealers and used by folks who are doing all sorts of illicit and terrible things. There's very few things that trade today that people talk about like that. Now, there are obviously frauds and things that happen, but maybe not like this. Like the dollar is like a hundred times more. Well, I, I know so. that's your perspective, but I'm just <laughs> but, but I'm dollar, curious how you think about just, that. But just, that's true, though. There's, there's, this so. is how much has been money laundered with Bitcoin. This is how much. <laughs> this is Bitcoin. This is, do, this no, is no. dollar. Yes, Joe. But I, I, look, here's the Jamie Dimon quote. The only true use case for it is for criminals, drug the, traffickers, money laundering, and tax well, I avoidance. I, I know, but we have a, a guest. That's his opinion. We have a guest, Joe. What, what, what is your opinion? And what is your opinion that we have something trading on the exchange for the public that has this type of use case, at least as, as described by no, the president it, it, it of one is, of the largest the market financial share institutions in, in the country? It's, it's the leading market share in ransomware, uh, and that's publicly known. Right. You know, it's the, it's the, the token of choice for ransomware. Joe, if I can say the U.S. dollar, the euro, the yen, you have the whole uh, society using it. As a medium of exchange, we buy our cups of coffee, as I see here. Right. Um, we get paid in dollars or yen or euro. And you have a whole central bank and, and support for one currency generally per economic uh, right. region. That we don't have here. So there is a very real economic difference. Which is part of, part of the attraction, since it's decentralized, and, and, and you, can't but, have, but, but, you can't have a profligate central bank. It's not that decentralized, Joe. Well, I know, I know you're saying not. because of the ETFs, but, but, but really no, it no, is. No, no, it's not DeFi that decentralized, because look how finance tends towards centralization since antiquity. Right. So what do we have? We have a handful of three to six core so-called crypto I understand, exchanges. but the asset itself, the way that, the, you know, the, the, that's the, the distributed the ledger. ledger. Right, that's how, that's the, how the ledger. And now, how many times do you have people on this show that say, I want to invest in something because how the books and records are kept? I mean, Joe, really? You, you, it's just an accounting ledger, a clever... It's an ledger that, that everyone has, that something. everyone has and can't be double counted. It, it, it's almost immutable. It, that's, that's why people think it has. So you values. trust it more than an Oracle database? Yes. Or you trust I, I, it more yes. than a lot of... The, the, the Bitcoin bulls say they trust it a lot more than, than that's, the central bank that, that's, that, that, that's that enables the, the <laughs> fiscal authorities to spend money to the tune of $33 trillion. <laughs> that's, that's everybody's right. investment choice. But <laughs> Dude, uh, McShane, you want to hit this first? Oh, man. 
It's so nice to see. It's so nice to see that on uh, mainstream television, man. And look at how they try to goad you into more trust. Look at our look at our central banks. Look at the uh, look at all the the magical backing and people you have backing the U.S. dollar. And uh, no, they're absolutely correct. We don't. We, the one thing I would say is we. It's not that we trust with Bitcoin. You can you can verify. You can minimize all these third party trust relationships and verify everything everything yourself and take personal responsibility for your wealth and have, uh, you know, money that actually performs the function of savings. A hundred percent. And it's so like the, it, 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 you know, what's interesting too, is that he taught a class on Bitcoin and he's very mm -hmm. well informed on the matter. And now mm -hmm. all of a sudden that he has, you know, a government job, all of a sudden he's there, defending the current system which he does terribly because like all he relies on all like his his arguments are just like there's a central bank everyone uses the dollar everyone's comfortable with it all but he's he's not making the case as to why the dollar is better he's not arguing against uh what uh, that other gentleman that anchor was saying was basically like look I, like the reason that people are attracted to bitcoin is because they don't trust the central bank he has no excuse he, he has no reasoning to that like he, he has no explanation he has no argument against that but you know mcshane we we've been in bitcoin for a little bit could you have ever have imagined this five years ago like you know this is crazy how far we've come i was wondering what the transition would look like and i'm just i'm amazed at actually how unhostile it's been that's a pretty um like that's a pretty lame attempt by gary to dissuade people from using bitcoin uh once blackrock and these institutions are are behind it i mean they're they're gonna have to change their tune um i'm curious to see where it goes from here man i think my biggest fear is still that the hostile attack vectors will come in the form of on ramps and off ramps so i'm just kind of waiting to see that play out you already see that in the uk cracking mm -hmm. asking users to uh provide physical addresses for wallet addresses which no one in their right mind should comply with by the way yeah it's the the so i get what you're saying i completely agree i think there's going to be two attack vectors attack vector number one is the you know the, the attack on bitcoin mining which i don't think will be successful because the incentives are just too great but then mm -hmm. the attack on self-custody itself and then they come up with the words unhosted wallet i've never read that word that that word's not in the white paper that's a creation <laughs> by, by bureaucrats right yeah yeah it absolutely is and it's um it's hilarious because that's just it just it brings the surveillance state into the light i mean it's just no, we want to know everything. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to know these 12 to 24 words. We know where you are at any given time. We need to know where all your money is at any given time. And people sort of, um, they know this in the back of their heads that they're making this trade-off convenience. Uh, they're trading off their privacy for convenience. But I think with Bitcoiners, especially new Bitcoiners going forward, um, this will be the first time they really have to reckon with that and make decisions about, you know, where they get their Bitcoin, how they store their Bitcoin. Are they willing to resist peacefully and not comply with with the, the laws that are coming our way? I mean, the laws that are going to make all three of us, uh, everyone in the audience criminals, haven't been written yet.
Yeah. And you, you have no doubt that that because I, I see that inevitable clash coming as well. Right. I, I, I think the two systems are completely incompatible. Uh, you see this with current U.S. sanction policy, how they weaponize the dollar. If there's an open monetary network. Right. And, you know, there's a system of which, you know, a bureaucratic elite control. I don't think those two systems can coexist because people are just obviously going to choose the open monetary network every single time, which makes Bitcoin obviously, you know, it, it, it makes it prone to attack. The politicians are going to villainize it. You hear the rhetoric coming out of Elizabeth Warren. She's tried to use the Wall Street Journal a couple times, basically saying that, you know, this is being used to circumvent U.S. sanctions. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So we've heard that rhetoric uh, uh, as well. So but you are convinced you are convinced that there is going to come a point where, you know, of clearly the ETFs are captured Bitcoin. Clearly that that's prone to a 6102. Right. That's clear. It's clear as day. But do you believe that it's inevitable that they just villainize or criminalize self-custody altogether? Yeah, 100 percent. I think it's. It's the same temptation that there is with money printing. It's just no no person in power could resist that um, that data and uh, exerting that control because what it comes down to is um, you know their favorite form of of robbery uh, taxations. They're gonna have a hell of a time collecting from addresses that they can't tie identities to. Uh, yeah. so they're, they're going to clamp down on that. They're going to arrest all of our, 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 favorite hosts and developers of mixing softwares. Many of them are already not allowed to come to the United States or too terrified to. So, uh, I, I, I hate to be a, a, a pessimist, but I think it's going to get more challenging before it gets better on that front. Do you think they'll let us stream, uh, from the gulags, McShane? Like, do you think, <laughs> you know, do you think we'll be able to, uh, you know, uh, it'd be a pretty cool show. What do you think we should call it? Simply Gulags. <laughs> Simply Gulags. Yeah, the, oh. the Bitcoin archipelago. Oh, uh, yeah. Go. We're, oh. we're, <laughs> we're going to live tweet the end, man. Oh, man. Yeah, well, well, to be fair, Nico, the Gulags will be the best place to be at because all the cool people will be there. So, you know, might, it might be a good time. I don't know. They'll put the Bitcoiners all in the same bunk. And then, bro, if you put us all in the same bunk together, I mean, like all in the little gulag house together, we're definitely going to figure out how to get internet. Like, how to, or how get out of the gulag. <laughs> the greatest. Game. Have you guys seen that movie, by the way? Yeah, that great movie. Is, that movie's no. incredible. You haven't the seen The Great Escape? The Great Escape. Oh, McShane okay. no. hasn't seen McQueen. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's an old movie, but it's incredible. It's essentially like a uh, World War II uh, U.S. prisoners of war trying to escape, uh, you know, German POW camps. And it's incredible. It's it's an old movie, but it's a classic. Anyways, uh, yeah, Opti, what's movie. your take on on uh, on Gensler? Yeah. So like you guys were saying, and I'm, I'm, you know, might, might reiterate some of the stuff, but it is very interesting to see Gary Gensler squirm on Squawk Box, considering that he did teach a course at MIT on Bitcoin and quote unquote blockchain. And I think Chris, our boy Chris Alamo, hit the nail on the head when he says Gary Gensler wants to be the Treasury Secretary. So he has to bend the knee to get that. And we're seeing this happen in real time. And shouts out to Joe Kern. He is by far my favorite Bitcoin. Bitcoin podcaster ever. He's such a legend. Just love to see him put Gary Gensler's feet to the fire. It, it's such an awesome thing to see. You know, I'm not, I don't watch news. I don't watch corporate press, but every time I see Joe Kern, 
It, it's just, it's always a great clip. And then, you know, it, some of the things that Gary Gensler said there, like Gary Gensler's a big blocker confirmed, like my, my coffee purchases. Like the, what what year are we in? We're going back in time with this Bitcoin FUD. It's absolutely incredible. And there was a point there and McShane touched on that. And I, and I want to hit on it as well, because we were talking about it yesterday. You know, Gary Gensler said that uh, Bitcoin is quote unquote centralized because of the few exchanges. And remember last year when we were covering choke point 2.0, like, all year and this is kind of what gary Gensler was saying there he's like look you can shut down bitcoin if you shut down the on and off ramps and we've been talking about this constantly and he basically just like slid over that and just kind of slid that in there and was like yeah you know like hey uh bitcoin can be shut down because of exchanges now it's very interesting obviously i think he's doing a little bit of gaslighting here because if he did study bitcoin then he knows that exchanges do not equal the bitcoin network at large and so you know, Gary, yes, this is, you know, I don't even want to use the word trust, but like, this is why we like Bitcoin because it is, it is a decentralized accounting ledger that anyone can opt into, that everyone can surveil and everyone can audit if they run a node. Like, this is why we love Bitcoin. And yes, Gary, we do trust Bitcoin way more than an Oracle. Like, what, what kind of, what, what is he even talking about? You, you can just tell that he really does want that job as a treasury secretary. And, Again, just using that word trust, like I, you know, I, I don't like to use it, but we trust Bitcoin because we can verify the network with our nodes. This is a feature, not a bug, Gary. And you can just tell that he is kind of, uh, I don't He's know. captured. That's yeah, yeah. Captured. I, that's a great way of saying it. But, you know, at times for a while there, sorry, make sure not to cut you off. Uh, last point. Like at times I was kind of leaning towards the idea that Gary Ginter is a maxi and hence why he took so long to delay the spot Bitcoin ETF so that, you know, we don't have to prove all these shitcoin ETFs. But now, uh, yeah, you know, I've asked the question before on the show, like, who is Gary playing cover for? And I, I think it's becoming very obvious that he's he's playing cover for someone. And you can read between the lines here. But McShane, jump in. I was just going to say that, that Gary's in a lose-lose uh, position here. He's going to have egg on his face for the rest of his life. Um, and he's this is an unwin unwinnable battle he's been trying to forge and balance. He's been trying to find. And I don't know if you will see him become a treasury secretary. I think it's more likely he gets, you know, goes to the private sector. I believe in the past he wanted mm. he tried to join the Binance board. I mean, he's uh, <laughs> he's definitely interested in uh, getting in on the side of light and good. But uh, I don't know what it is that keeps him working for the government, to be honest. Yeah, but it, it, it's 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 interesting because, you know, it, it's like we know he knows better. But because of his job, he's willing to lie. And then that mm. goes to a bigger question, which is. If the government, you know, the the old Abraham Lincoln, you know, quote or speech, right? Like if it's a government by the people for the people, but clearly under central banking and fiat, I don't think it's a government by the people for the people. I think it's a government by the government for the government as long as there's a central bank. Um, I, I really see that. And, and you see it the way that Elizabeth Warren behaves, the way that Gary Gensler behaves, like even if there's an alternative system that will benefit the vast majority of Americans, he's willing to argue for the system that benefits the politicians and the bureaucratic elite. Right. Which I find very interesting. But, you know, I love Bitcoin in that in, in that sense that, you know, it exposes incentives. And I think, uh, you know, that interview it was it was no different. It was exposing. Hey Nico, I, I, I want to uh, I want to double down on your meme there. 
the government that we are currently find ourselves in this is one. a government for the shadow government, <laughs> not for the people. The administrative state. I mean, it's not really shadow governments. The administrative state's right up, right up in your face. Speaking of it, uh, I made this meme. What do you mean we don't control the media anymore? It's interesting what happens when you have BlackRock on your side. All right, guys, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the news. We have a lot to talk about. Let's check it out. Here we go. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to get into Bitcoin mining and don't know where to start? That's why I want to introduce you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. He will show you how to build your own Bitcoin mine, how to get the project funded, how to get your facility filled with miners as quickly as possible. With a little luck and by putting all his techniques and strategies to work that he's developed mining Bitcoin for the last six years, you could be mining 5 million Satoshis per day or 0.05 Bitcoin in less than three months. On the free webinar, he will give you a high level roadmap that will help you get on your way to building, owning, and operating your own Bitcoin mining farm. Begin your mining journey today. Register for the free webinar now. Click the link in the description of the video below or contact Scott directly on Telegram using his handle at OfferedScott and learn how to mine those precious, precious Satoshis. The Daily News. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, guys, I made it incredibly easy for you guys. You could scan the QR code on your screen. It'll take you directly to the Foundation Devices website where you guys get yourself a passport hardware wallet. Remember, guys, we're going to talk about this with McShane during the culture segment. Not your keys, not your cheese. So you definitely want to take back your financial sovereignty by taking self-custody. You could do that with uh, getting yourself a passport by foundation. Scan the QR code or check the link in the video description. All right. Hey Nico, wait, we, before you go, I don't want to cut you off, but guys, smash the like button. We have over 400 people on YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Rumble. You know, shouts out to every single one of us. Let's push this content. We love you guys. All right, go Nico. Yeah, it's smash. Dude, I, we forgot we forgot to say it yesterday. Yeah, so <laughs> if you guys are watching the show, uh, smash, the, smash the like button. Really helps with the algos. If you're watching us on Rumble, on X, on YouTube, just smash, smash, smash the like button. Okay, so I do want to talk about this idea. This idea is called politics is downstream from culture that to change politics, one must first change culture. I think it's a really, really important idea. I do want to read the rest of this quote. This is the reason why uh, Steve Bannon was interested in this is because he believes in the idea of the bright, bright doctrine, which is that if you want to change politics, you first have to change culture because politics flows from culture. If you want to change culture, you have to first understand what the units of culture are and the people are the units of culture. So if you want to change politics, you first have to change people to change culture. 
Breitbart considers this idea an important one and often spoke of it in interview or cited in print. Now, Breitbart and Steve Bannon are very divisive figures, but I do believe in this idea that if we if we want to uh, win the peaceful Bitcoin revolution and referencing uh, Corey Clipston's article, right, the bright orange future, we need an intransigent minority in the United States. You need a, a group of people, right, roughly, you know, 10 million people in the U.S., a percentage of people that are immovable when it comes to Bitcoin. So if there's any anti-Bitcoin legislation, right, it, it's impossible to pass. And think about it basically like the gun laws in the U.S., right? You know, a lot of people hate guns in the U.S., but so but because such a large percentage of the population own guns, it's incredibly difficult to pass anti-gun legislation. So if we want to stay in the U.S., if you know, if we want to hold it down as a first generation uh, American and Opti and I were talking about this before we went on air, uh, you know, I still I was sold on this idea that, you know, this was the land of the, you know, land, home of the brave, land of the free. Uh, clearly, it doesn't look like it anymore. <laughs> I'm a little bit more bullish on the global south these days. Uh, you know, go back to Latin America. So be it. But I'm going to try to hold it down. We're going to try to hold it down in the U.S. for as long as possible. And if we want to do that, we have to take over the culture. And what Bitcoiners have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, we are in an information war. We really are. And uh, I'm going to quote uh, this amazing article uh, dropped uh, by our friends over at Bitcoin Magazine, written by uh, the president of El Salvador, Naim Bukele. And the very bottom, you know, this is something that we've read to you guys many, many times, right? It says, the most vocal detractors, the ones who are afraid and pressuring us to reverse our decision are the world's most powerful elites and the people who work for or benefit from them. They used to own everything in a way they still do. The media, the banks, the NGOs, the international organizations, and almost all the governments and corporations in the world. And with that, of course, they own the armies, the loans, the money supply, the credit ratings, the narrative, the propaganda, the factories, the food supply. They control international trade and international law. But their most powerful weapon is the control of, quote, the truth, right? So we are in narrative trench warfare. We have to win over the hearts and minds of people. We have to convince them that it's not left versus right, right? It's not red versus blue. It's, uh, you know, it's the party of green, the party of fiat, central bank digital currencies, nihilism, poverty, slavery versus the party of orange, the party of freedom, prosperity, optimism, hope, opportunity. Uh, that's really the battle at hand. And to win that battle, we must win over the culture. This is something that we try to do at Simply Bitcoin. And of course, you know, our friends over at Bitcoin Magazine do this as well with their incredible conference inviting, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, RFK Jr., Jordan Peterson made an appearance. I think it was Bitcoin 2022. Uh, so it's those types of individuals that are outside of the Bitcoin echo chamber and they have massive followings outside of the Bitcoin echo chamber that are these are massive cultural figures. They have a big voice. So when they say something like CBDCs are bad and Bitcoin is good, they have a much wider audience than us Bitcoin content creators that really make Bitcoin content for other Bitcoiners. So this is Tim Pool. We've talked to you guys about him before, uh, and he's fully orange pilled at this point. He's a Bitcoiner at this point. Uh, you know, he was told. I mean, I'll, I'll read you his tweet from himself. You know, read it from the horse's mouth itself. I, I forget how you say that expression precisely, but uh, you know, he. he 
it, something's crazy when you were first told about Bitcoin and Bitcoin was at a dollar or a couple cents and you don't listen and you wait and then you see it at 52,000, that tends to convert you very, very quickly. And that's something that, you know, he started to admit yesterday. And I'm sure because he finally bought in, he finally listened, right? This is some, this is someone who was told by Max Kaiser, I think like a decade ago. Um, so here's Tim Pool, massive following on YouTube multiple channels with over millions of subscribers on Twitter. He's a massive personality. This is a big cultural figure in the US. He's one of the biggest podcasts right now, mainstream podcasts. So he goes on to say, your one year return on Bitcoin is about 133%. Your five year return on Bitcoin is 1,163%. Your 10, excuse me, your 10 year return is 15,937%. USD 10-year return is negative 30%. Ladies and gentlemen, that is him being orange-pilled. And here is him describing the story. I first got into Bitcoin in 2011. It was about 70 cents. I sold about 20 Bitcoin when it hit $20, and I was stoked. Bitcoin skyrocketed after that. I remember thinking, damn, when it hit $100. Eventually, I thought, uh, fuck it. Maybe I missed a train on this one, but I'll just buy a bunch anyway. Bitcoin is now $51,000. I am very happy. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens, right? And look, just because we're at 52,000 and a lot of people might be thinking the same thing, just, just look into the past, right? If you don't learn from the past, you're destined to repeat it, right? You know, 52,000 in 10 years when Bitcoin's sitting pretty at a couple million dollars is going to look like $20. It's going to look like 70 cents. So yeah, it might be a massive number psychologically, but you got to look at the past if, if you don't want to repeat it. So this is a big deal. This is a big cultural figure uh, that, uh, you know, that's, that's a Bitcoiner. That, and he's going to continue advocating for Bitcoin, not only on his Twitter, he's done that on his very, very popular show as well uh, on uh, the Timcast IRL. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's basically said when the, when the first Republic bank failed, he's like, look, these banks are going to crap. I'm just happy that I have Bitcoin, right? If more mainstream figures say that, you know, Tucker Carlson, also a huge advocate of Bitcoin, RFK Jr., also a big advocate of Bitcoin. The more people do that, the more we win over the culture, the more we win over the culture, we're not going to have a problem with the, when, with, with the politics and the monetary demons, like I like to call them. Anyways, here's a clip from his uh, very famous podcast uh, referencing the subject. Regulators seized First Republic Bank and struck a deal to sell the bulk of its operations to J.P. Morgan. Chase and Co. heading off a chaotic collapse that threatened to reignite the recent banking crisis. Yeah, dude, you stuffed a wad of toilet paper in the hole. I don't think you're you're stopping the waters. JP Morgan said it will assume all of First Republic's $92 billion in deposits, insured and uninsured. It is also buying most of the bank's assets, including about $173 billion in loans and $30 billion in securities. <laughs> JP Morgan's going to blow up. What? How can you assume loans, bad loans from a bad bank? They're trying to slow this thing down. As part of the agreement, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp will share losses with JP Morgan on First Republic's loans. You see, there they go. 
The agency estimated that its insurance fund would take a hit of $13 billion in the deal. JP Morgan also said it would receive $50 billion in financing from the FDIC. The U.S. government is propping up this deal because the system is imploding. I can't tell you what to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. I already got some. I've been buying some recently. That's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. Now connect that with Wait, Nico, legacy. how many people watch that? How many people watch that? Dude, that video? The, his video, he gets like 250,000, 300,000, 500,000 views per episode. And the fact that he said that now, okay, because we got to connect the dots. We're on Simply Bitcoin after all. Connect that with the legacy financial media. And literally him destroying Gary Gensler because Gary Gensler was trying to feed him the BS. People are sick and tired. The echo chamber is breaking. We are winning. We are we are making progress. This is what it's all about. This is what winning over the culture is all about. This is what winning over the hearts and minds is all about. So take agency, take action. It's up to you, the individual. Spread the orange gospel. It's not left versus right. You know, don't get lost in the sauce with the divide and conquer strategy of these politicians really bitcoin is a great unifier so tell people listen guys it's not it's not the democrats it's not the republican it's, it's the money that's broken if you fix the money you fix the world all right i'm going to pass it on to mcshane first uh, mcshane what are your thoughts on this i know you guys do incredible work at bitcoin magazine with the bitcoin conference to really get these uh individuals outside of the bitcoin echo chamber to uh talk at the conference and i know that you guys planned the conference this year strategically uh, around uh, two other certain types of con two other conferences. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you know what I'm referencing. Um, no. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's what Nolan always says. So, so Nolan was saying, but basically, it's the Bitcoin conferences in between the Democratic uh, convention and the Republican convention, and the oh, Bitcoin yeah, conference yeah, is yeah, yeah. right in the middle. This is a huge opportunity this year to have real conversations that are uncensored with politicians. And I don't want to I don't want to leak any you know speakers we haven't announced yet. But those conversations will be happening in Nashville this year, right between the RNC and DNC. Interesting in the, enough, uh, it's so beautiful to see the network effect play out in full force, like as the price rises. I mean, this this sort of game theory of Bitcoin is something. It's, it's not only a, a prediction, like it's a truth. You can watch it. There are many examples of it uh, throughout our society. And uh, one small example of such is I used to have to chase Tim Pool to try to, hey, you know, come to the conference. Let's let's figure something out. Come to your show at the conference. Never really worked out in the past. This year, they came to us. So <laughs> he's, oh, wow. he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting um, he's getting excited about Bitcoin, which is great to see. It's good for everybody. Um, even if they're, you're just one of those 250,000 viewers of one episode and you get your first touch point, I think we all remember our first, second, third touch points with Bitcoin. Some people take hundreds, some people take just, you know, a dozen little interactions with it throughout their life. But you got to remember, most people have no idea um, what what it really is. They don't have a very uh, deep understanding of it. So getting it just in front of their face as many times as possible. I mean, we've got to be our own marketing campaign here. So it's great to have Tim on our side. 100%, 100%. I'm glad that you uh, you dropped that little nugget because uh, uh, that's, that's and it's it's so obvious. It's so obvious too. Um, but anyways, Opti, uh, what's your take on this? Dude, we have been covering this for quite like quite a while now, almost a year on Simply Bitcoin. And just to watch him, 
you know, because he's basically saying like, yeah, I bought Bitcoin. But over a year and a half ago, when when uh, you and I first started covering this Opti, he wasn't as convinced. Right. He was a little bit skeptical. Uh, it only took a bank breaking and uh, Max Kaiser trolling him publicly on Twitter, uh, you know, for him to really, really convert fully and uh, fully accept the orange pill. So what's your take, Opti? Yeah, well, absolutely love it. Uh, love to see it. And that nugget that McShane just dropped on us, that's very interesting and absolutely love to see it because we've been saying for a while, you know, I, I fundamentally think that anyone that is actually in tune with what's going on can identify the problem. But very few people are talking about the solutions. And now, you know, Tim Pool is a very popular broadcaster. And if he's talking about the solution, even though he kind of framed it like, I can't tell you what to do, I know what I'm going to do. Like, it just you love to see that signal start to spread out in every avenue. And I've been saying that this is one of those things that I think people are really underestimating moving in towards this year and the next year is just how much Bitcoin has saturated popular culture. Because look, unfortunately, many people have turned their brains off and just look for influencers and the experts to make life decisions. So culture is super important. Hence why we named one of our segments, The Daily Culture, so that we can propagate what we believe is not only the best culture, but a culture that will make you guys rich, healthy, and informed. Like this is the whole point of this show. I want you guys to be top tier humans and we bring on a bunch of interesting people. We cover popular culture at large and always angle this and funnel this through a Bitcoin lens. And so look, I don't listen to Tim Pool much, but I do recognize that he has a huge platform and people do listen to him. So, you know, it's absolutely great to see him basically say, look, I'm doing this. And the 250,000 plus viewers are also now thinking, oh, wow, you know, I respect Tim Pool's views on everything else. Maybe I should get some Bitcoin. So, you know, Tim Pool is a political commentator. So hopefully he will continue to talk about the solutions, aka Bitcoin, and not just always talk about the problem. But personally, Nico, like this is a great development that we're seeing. And I think we're going to see more and more people go this route because look, we say it all the time. There is no way to vote out of this position we're in unless you're voting with your money like number go up is the best incentive but you know it means that we have to also be vigilant and that we're not just here for the fiat gains hence why we tell you guys to run the nodes custody your bitcoin plant the seeds of freedoms in your friends and family and this is how we win the popular culture but guys like as tim pool kind of noticed and and reference like number go up makes our jobs that much easier and then and finally we get that one or two years where we're not just the crazy idiots to our friends and family we're the geniuses so you know this is why we're going to talk about in the culture with mcshane did not really lose our heads here but uh i I already tell you guys, I'm going to get stupidly bullish and I'm going to do my best to like <laughs> not get overly bullish. Uh, but, you know, this is this is uh, my original sin as a Bitcoiner. I just get so excited when we talk about Bitcoin and the price goes up and I can finally, you know, flex on my friends and family like I'm a genius. But, you know, <laughs> stay humble. Stay I'm humble. trying to stay humble. I'm trying to stay humble. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, it, it, you know, but it, it's interesting what number go up technology does. And, you know, this isn't just Tim Pool anymore. When I played you that clip of that was him, you know, when the, the, the Republic Bank collapsed. 
Uh, but now you have the financial media, you know, going against government officials that are literally going up to bat with Bitcoin and saying, yeah, I mean, I think central banking's a scam. Like, I think this Bitcoin thing is good, you know, so we've definitely made progress, uh, but we're not there yet. We haven't won. We haven't won until there's a Bitcoin flag flying over the Federal Reserve in Washington, D.C. Well, and it was we flying over it, the Capitol almost. And uh, and we make it into we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But and okay. uh, we make it into a museum. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the culture and uh, speak with our guest today, McShane, uh, I do want to give a shout Shout out to our sponsors. They're uh, they're the they're the Bitcoin companies that make this show possible. So first, I do want to give a shout out to Bitcoin Evangelism, planting the seeds for the decentralized revolution. This is a book by Brian Dement, and it's an absolute beast of a resource for orange pilling no coiners and all coiners alike. This is a book for Bitcoiners who know Bitcoin but have a hard time explaining it to their friends. It's a book for Bitcoiners who are trying to explain Bitcoin only to altcoiners. You can scan the QR code on your screen. It's available on Amazon for you to purchase right now. I highly, highly recommend it. All right, everybody, let's get to the culture. Let's do it. Here we go. The Daily Culture. want to give a shout out to Kabim Racks. It's the most trusted place to buy, sell, and host mining equipment. You could check out their racks today by scanning the QR code on your screen, or you could check the link in the video description or the podcast description. Once you scan the QR code, it will take you directly to their Telegram marketplace where you can connect with a member of their sales team. They make purchasing their products easy and transparent, and you could also sell your mining equipment with them. You could tap into their vast network of domestic and international customers when you sell your Bitcoin mining ASICs with them. This is where I personally buy my Bitcoin miners. Check out Kaboom Racks today. All right, Opti. Hey, Nico, say it one more time. Say it one more time. Kaboom <laughs> You know, it's, it's kind of like a funny story how we got that sponsor. We like uh, we were at a mining conference. I forget what it was, what it was called. It was just called the mining conference. And Opti and I, we, we like we set up like a, a podcasting thing and we literally said Kaboom Racks like 200 times. I was in all Kaboom Racks merch. Shouts out to Alex. They were just like giving it. I had stickers all over me and we we're just like Kaboom. We we're just like Kaboom Racks. And like, can we sponsor you guys? We're like, OK, sure. Love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's where the Kaboom Racks guy. Uh, trolled me and said that Opti is their favorite ethot. So, anyways, that's a totally other hey. story. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I've got Kaboom Racks miners. I'm very, very happy with that company. And they might have the best merch in Bitcoin. That, but again, that's another story. All right, McShane, let's uh, let's go into the conversation that we were talking about before we went live. Um, I did have a tweet here. And uh, I'm not going to pull it up, but it's basically the idea you tweeted. I think it was yesterday. You're like, guys, do you know what happens after the price goes up? And I asked you before, what exactly were you talking about, McShane? And then we'll go into what you think people should be doing so that they don't burn themselves this bull run. Yeah, I think I think partly just uh, antagonistic to ask that, but also um I think it's an important question. It's one I didn't ask myself when I encountered, you know, the first my, my first Bitcoin bull run. Like the plan was, let's get as much Bitcoin as possible, um, you know. And I didn't really. It took me a while to think. Okay, how do I secure this? It took me a while. The problem is the 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 position that the dollars in is kind of forced us all to become somewhat amateur um, capital allocators. So you have to start thinking in terms of risk. 
and trust. You started to buy your first Bitcoin, and I'm speaking to new retail entrants from like 2020 beyond. You've you you know you've started to accrue some savings in Bitcoin. How do you take trust out of that relationship? Maybe you you know get get out get out of the ETF, get into spot, get off exchange. Are you running your own node? If you're not running your own node, you're you're you you don't know how much Bitcoin you have. I'm sorry. Um, you know, are you? Do you have a multi-sig? Is your security for your Bitcoin scaling um, in some proportion to, you know, the value that you're trying to secure there? So I like to, you know, give a good five percent thinking about uh, security for my Bitcoin. It's not advice; it's just it's just the number I use. So am I, you know, checking my hardware and software? Do I have a a geographic plan? Are you going to arbitrage jurisdictions if if the uh, laws uh, in the states become untenable for Bitcoiners that really want to have a trustless uh, relationship with their funds? Um, if not, you should. I mean, you should think you should think long term about about it. It might be hard to fathom, but uh, you can get there. You know, you can pick up and 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 move somewhere else, or at least have another place that you can go. Should things get so far as um, you know. You, you, you're being forced to dox your your receive addresses to the government with with real, you know, where your Bitcoin's actually at. So I don't know. There's a lot on my mind uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. There's a lot to be prepared for. There's a lot to learn. It's really daunting. I always recommend small steps. But the two most basic things I think you need to cover are risk management. You don't want to over leverage yourself. People get crazy and start levering you know, uh, you know, mortgage your house, uh, to buy more, more Bitcoin, but, um, you don't want things to get clawed back from you. You don't want to leave your Bitcoin on any third party platform. So you got to cover the basics before you start to, in my opinion, allocate a percent of your savings that's in like cold storage, untouchable Bitcoin, a small percent of that or, you know, depending on how conservative you are, you can start allocating to maybe some riskier plays if you feel the need to try to get more Bitcoin. It's controversial. Everybody's everybody's different. This is just the way I see it. Love it. Yeah. And uh, on that note, like we are entering price discovery mode. You know, it's number go up only season. So what would you recommend to the new entrants into the Bitcoin space? Like how, how can they stay grounded? You know, cause we, like I, I jokingly said, like, I know I'm already going to be losing my mind. So I'm trying to like preempt myself so that I can stay grounded during this bull run. I would say, look, I think we were at 15 K sometime in the summer or maybe before that. So me, everyone in the chat, you know, we're, we're all sitting here up nearing, uh, I don't know. 200% more, you know, we're doing very, very well. Um, you're going to experience a day where you you walk into a restaurant to eat and uh, you, you come back out and your net worth's cut in half. And that's going to freak you out. Um, and I just ask people to mentally prepare for that. Are, are, you, are you overextended? I mean, there, there may be a, you know, you, you need, the fact is you, you kind of need some cash to navigate this world the way that it is now if you're if you're in the united states you need some 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 us dollars so you want to make sure you have a little bit to make it through and just that you're you're financially planning in a way that maybe you haven't before um 
the, the, the most fun part of this is figuring out where can you maximize your cash inflows as a person? Are you, are you picking up a second job? Are you doing freelance work? Are you doing, I used to do free work for Bitcoiners on the side just to kind of learn the industry and, and hope that it would lead to, um, kind of expertise that people would be willing to pay for in the future. And that, that always pays off to, 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 to make good connections with people in the space like that. Um, and then where are you minimizing your expenditure? We all have room to cut things, unnecessary things out of our life um, to promote savings. And this is where you get into the really fun cultural side of Bitcoin. That's like, I'm only going to eat meat, you know, no more seed oils, no restaurants, no fiat. I'm not taking any cruises this year. You know, I'm going to cut down on vacations. And it's just that's the point where you really start to see um, Bitcoin affect the behavior of people psychologically. And I think ultimately make them more resilient, stronger um, class and uh, eventually probably like ethnic group of people just in the way that, you know, the the intermarriage between Republicans and Democrats over the years just goes down and down and down. So you basically have it's not just a culture war. It's it will become kind of a ethnic <laughs> bloodline war between people in that way. I don't think I don't think Bitcoiners are going to be able to, you know, share a household in the same way broadly with people who are not on board with this mission of freedom and kind of trustless living and self-sovereignty because it requires a bit a lot more work you know a lot more work on your end to custody your own wealth i completely yeah. so i really agree with that i you know and i have i live in the most fiat city in the world <laughs> miami um and you know a lot of my no coiner friends who i grew up with you know and you never forget your high school friends like you never forget the people that you know your friends that you had in your early teens late teens early 20s you know these are some of the best memories of your life and you never forget those memories right um things change as you get older and we are operating literally on a different system i i view the world completely differently than they do uh, they're still operating on the fiat mindset um, and us Bitcoiners are operating on a completely different mindset. And I, I think it just has to do with, you know, the money that we choose to use, the operating system that we're on versus the operating system that they're on. Right. The fiat operating system incentivizes short term thinking you know, bad health choices, uh, you know, again, I live in Miami, so I feel like I'm, I'm in this, uh, surrounded by, you know, this type of behavior where I'm at. Um, and I think Bitcoiners are, you know, totally different breed of people. They're thinking about the future, you know, they're thinking about, you know, setting up citadels, uh, they're thinking about, you know, eating healthy, uh, they're thinking about, you know, starting families, right? That's Miami's terrible for that. You know, like most of the girls I grew up with, you know, they're, they're, they're about to hit their thirties, you know, and then, then the, you know, they're kind of like, I have to find a husband, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty crazy. You know, um, it's pretty crazy. The, the starch contrast between, uh, you know, Bitcoiners and, uh, no coiners to put it, ni to put it nicely. Uh, so I completely agree with your take, uh, uh, McShane. So Opti, um, I do see something that you have pulled. Yeah. Up on yeah. Before, side. before we go that, uh, we'll, we'll finish it up with uh, Bitcoin conference. Um, 
I wanted to touch on something because I, I did tee up McShane. And, and just to make it clear, guys, what happens after the price goes up is it usually comes down. So <laughs> prepare yourself accordingly. But I do want to ask you one quick question because I did bring this up last week and we did get some some people that were wondering, what's your thoughts on the best practices for UTXO management? Um, labeling your UTXOs is very useful uh, just to keep track of where they've been. And I, I think that everyone should have two stacks. I think you should, I think you should be mixing coins that you'd prefer to, uh, retain privacy, um, and have sources of non KYC, non know your customer coins <laughs> that you can keep separate from stacks, you know, that you accrue from places like cash app and strike that are required to turn your information over to the government. Um, I think it's useful to have both because we are entering a world where you you, you can spend Bitcoin out and about and, and, and there's really no problem with using your um, KYC stack to do so. And you can you can use that stack for things like maybe you need to take out some sort of uh, fiat denominated loan in the future and you, you, you choose to use some Bitcoin as collateral. They might not accept mixed coins there's like some kind of game theory problems in the future but the more of us that that mix our coins the bigger that anonymous uh, utxo set um the better for everyone you know the more privacy we retain and the more purchasing power we accrue so i would i would say keep your stacks keep your steps separate learn good utxo management Learn the trade-offs of consolidating and not consolidating your UTXOs. I think a lot of people are learning that recently with the um, increased fees as SATs per virtual byte goes up. Uh, you have to have kind of a plan here because, you know, your 0. 0.00002 uh, UTXO Bitcoin is not going to be spendable at a certain point with the way with the ways uh, that fees could rise. So you might want to consolidate the trade-off there is you're obviously, you know, kind of flagging to the world. This is, this is a little bit bigger of a honeypot, a little bit bigger of an address. Um, and you're <coughs> compromising the sources of all that funds and kind of unifying them into one. So you just, you, you want to keep good, take good care, take good notes of where you got your, your, your Bitcoin from and keep your saps stacks your kyc and non-kyc absolutely separate 100%. love it love it okay all right so for everyone out there mcshane is head of programming at the bitcoin conference you guys have bitcoin asia coming up soon everyone probably our audience will most likely be at bitcoin 2024 in nashville so i don't want to put you on the spot here mcshane but what are you most excited about and what can the audience expect at either bitcoin asia or bitcoin 2024 you can pick whichever one you want to rant on interesting i think bitcoin 2024 honestly is is uh you know it's beyond the having so I'm not really sure what's going to happen. That's going to be an insane celebration any way you dice it. Uh, if you look historically, six to 18 months after the halving, uh, the Bitcoin price absolutely explodes. That's like the only reliable <laughs> kind of metric in my mind that you can use to economically plan around stacking. Um, I think it's going to be a, 
a celebration, but a place also where we're going to have some difficult conversations. You're going to see this kind of monetary maximalism and platform maximalism um, ideologies play out a little bit and come to a head. We've all seen this this uh, big kind of war on like spam or censorship, however you want to call it, inscriptions and um bitcoin as just a perfect money that doesn't need to change that doesn't need to incorporate the features and uh kind of utility sets of other tokens um it's it's a super interesting debate uh i have my thoughts on the future of this i mean however you want to dice it we are living in a multi-chain world right so one of the interesting things about bitcoin asia is that world really doesn't uh, that 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 kind of Bitcoin only world. That's not really a lens over there. There there aren't really groups of people that are advocating for Bitcoin only, Bitcoin maximalism. You know, um, I don't, I'm not really sure why that is, why it hasn't taken hold there. But uh, what it does is allows you to kind of think realistically, like, okay, what is the future of um, Bitcoin development, it seems that we are at least some contingent of Bitcoiners are interested in bringing on the feature sets in a way that doesn't compromise the underlying auditability and security of Bitcoin, like the Nakamoto consensus. We, I think everyone agrees we don't want to change that. We don't want to fuck up Bitcoin just to have smart contracts or something. So the question becomes, like, how do we build on layer twos and threes? And what are we going to do when all these people come? I, I I honestly, I find it really odd that people are so hostile to um, inscribers, even if I don't agree with what they're doing. I don't feel that I have the right to exercise uh, judgment over how they spend their their Bitcoin. Right. That's that's kind of the whole point. So it's just a very, it's a very heated landscape. And I'm excited to have some of these arguments out on stage and um see how people's minds change as the price rises and we do get more and more people coming to put their fucking nfts on bitcoin but they're also running their own nodes teaching others to run their own i mean these are real things that are happening so uh, yeah so oh, mega dude. bull run bull run conference confirmed yeah yeah mega bull run <laughs> conference i mean <clears throat> this is always how it is uh it's yeah it'll this one and, and and perhaps the year after are going to be absolutely huge, depending on how the how the price comes. But the the other interesting cultural clash is this new uh, field of Bitcoiners, of institutional Bitcoiners, who have absolutely nothing in common with us. You know, these are wealthy trust fund kids, or you know, Wall Street traders, what, whatever they are. You know, family offices. They're coming in, and and we are going to have to work together on some things. They're, they're, they're going to catch up quick. They have unlimited resources at their disposal to learn about how Bitcoin works and has changed. And we're going to have to be ready for like, I'm actually quite concerned about like misinformation and, and, and psychological attacks on Bitcoin by way of tricking people into, you know, some kind of consensus down the road that is um, not ideal. It's not it's not the vision. It's not what what we want as Bitcoiners, but um, not to spread FUD. I'm just saying there's a lot of interesting cultures. Like everything that rises here has to converge. So we're just going to we're going to make a lot of new friends and enemies along the way. And it's going to be it's going to be pretty fun. 
Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, not too hard pivot, but we do know that you are a huge Noster advocate. Is Noster the future of social media? <sighs> the future of social media itself? I don't know. But of um, like uncensorable communication? Yeah, I think so. Um, I also run a, a, a Noster conference and we're coming to uh, Riga. We're going to pair up with Baltic Honey Badger because obviously the, there's a lot that these protocols have in common. Uh, the Noster protocol and the Bitcoin protocol, um, Tor. There, there are a lot of open source protocols uh, that we as Bitcoiners use often. And I, I want these communities to converge. I want all Bitcoiners to try Noster. Um, it's very exciting and fun to be so early to something. I mean, it's only a few years old. Um, and it gives you a lot more freedom um, to communicate without that privacy trade-off. You're, you're, you're giving up no data involuntarily when you use Noster. The user agreement's hilarious. It's just this, this we do not collect any data on you. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just what you post, which... For most people, they're like, who cares? There's only like, you know, 100,000 people. Who, who gives a shit? But um, it matters over time. It matters if you live in Saudi Arabia and, you you know, you're going to get, you know, executed for your tweets. Um, it matters if you want to retain anonymity and not pay for a blue check and you still want to feel seen and heard and have virtual community. Um, it matters if you want free and open source marketplaces um and i think that's coming in a in a pretty uh robust way to noster it's uh yeah i think it's important to point out like we we actually don't know there, there's like more de devs working on noster and more projects right now than there are users and the uh that's because the the potential of this thing is so much has many broader implications than just social media so <clears throat> If you're interested in Bitcoin a little bit from the technical aspect of it, I'd urge you to look into open source software development in general and uh, to definitely try Noster, you know? All right. Uh, before I pass it to Nico, if he wants to chime in, is it Noster or Noster? <laughs> <laughs> I say Noster. I'm not changing. I don't okay. think there's consensus. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, then we, you heard it here first. Whatever you want to choose. Choose your own adventure. Uh, Nika, you want to chime in before I ask McShane the the last question I always ask our guests? Yeah, absolutely. Look, so uh, yeah, the the Noster thing is 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 incredibly fascinating, just from the aspect of you know there there was first the Domus app, then there's the you know the Primal app, and you know Primal like kind of you know tweaked some things. You could say made it a little bit better. They added the wallet in there. And you could see when you say the marketplace, you could see that coming. You know, when you have the wallet implemented in the, you know, in the app itself, you see that. And the beauty of this is, you know, this isn't just Twitter where they can just, you know, take your account, put it off the, you know, just ban your account, take it, delete your account. Now you're gone, right? Uh, regardless of the app, you can take everything with you as long as you have, you know, your private key and then your public key. I don't know what the I know it's a, it's called a little bit differently. So, yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. But, you know, to, to go back to Opti's original question to you, which is, is it the future? Well, it clearly 
Twitter has the critical mass. Clearly, YouTube has the critical mass. However, if these platforms, now it's a little bit different that Elon has took it over, but like, for example, YouTube, if they continue going down that route of, you know, banning certain channels because of, you know, their political thoughts, uh, you know, I kind of see Noster as a one-way door just as I see Bitcoin as a one-way door, right? They, you don't go from Bitcoin back to fiat. You go from fiat to Bitcoin and then you're like, it's a lot nicer here. I kind of don't want to go back, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely bullish on it. And I think we're in the infancy of it, right? So if people want to find out more about Noster itself, because I think it's a, it's, it's a little bit more harder to understand, harder for people to get their, 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 their minds around. You, you said that you were you know, organizing a conference in Riga. So what, what sources do you recommend? Like where would you start if someone wanted to learn more about Noster, if they're interested about it, how to create an account? Uh, what would you recommend to them? If you want to run a desktop client, go to primal.net. Um, if you have an iOS device, download Domus, Primal. If you have an Android device, there's a, there's a suite of clients you can use as well. Um, I, think, I think one thing I wanted to touch on that you said there just real quick, these technologies are orthogonal. Um, this is not the same thing or a remake of Twitter at all you you can't have uncensored conversations at companies it's not how it works they're, they're they're always beholden to the surveillance state and they will always compromise user privacy um for that state um this this notion that twitter is a is a freedom platform of free speech is complete bullshit well all of us know that at heart there, there are things you can't say. Um, there are things that will, you know, the algorithm's primed to promote the agenda of the the, the heads of that company. And, and that's not the case. Um, that's not the case for Noster at all. So I definitely agree with you. I think it's a one-way door. Um, yeah, just go check it out and play with it. It's really not, it's a lot easier to set up than a, a Twitter or a Google account or something like this because it requires no personal information. Join as a NIM. You'll be given an NPUB and an NSEC, a public and private key. We know how to use these from Bitcoin. Keep your secret key secret. And uh, you're off to the races. You can start posting immediately. It takes less than a second <laughs> to make the account. Um, and you can grow it from there. Uh, it's yeah. Every, every Bitcoiner should, 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 should try it. If you haven't, uh, you know, you're behind. Get on it. It takes just an afternoon to get to know Noster, I think. What what uh what client are you using right now? What's your favorite client at the moment? I don't really have a favorite. I use I use different clients for different things. Uh, if I'm gonna do do a lot of zapping, uh, I, I tend to use Primal. If I'm if i if I'm on desktop, I love I love using Primal. Um, I use Domus at home, like from my phone, especially if I want to upload media. They're really good. I can do really high quality, long videos on Domus, uh, you know, show people pictures of the Citadel, get things, get things. Uh, I don't know. It, it kind of depends what you want to do. I'd recommend people just just try them out. You know, if if the marketplace isn't offering something that you find valuable, the beautiful thing is you can just make your own. <laughs> you can make your own Noster client pretty quickly. It's a it's a pretty simple protocol. Love it. OK, so uh, just wrapping up. McShane, 
and I ask all you, I try to ask, sometimes I forget, but what would be your last two sats to the audience? It could be anything that we talked about. It could be anything you haven't talked about. What is the last message you want to leave with the viewers? I mean, you've heard it before. Get your Bitcoin into self-custody. Um, if you've never used a hardware wallet, get one. Get a, get, get a cold card. Get get something. The foundation passport. Get something. Try it out. Um, learn to use a passphrase or multi-sig. I think that's also important. So you're not, you know, honeypotting your your household. Um, learn about ge geographically distributed multi-sigs. And uh, get get your Bitcoin off the exchanges and get out of that spot ETF garbage. Wait, 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 Nico, before you go, uh, McShane, I did see your tweet or I think you quote tweeted you like uh, the spot Bitcoin ETF is just layer two for boomers. And that had me cracking up. This morning. <laughs> it is. It is. You, you, yeah. Such a good framing. That's good framing. All right, Nico, we can roll this out. Yep. Thanks, McShane. That was great. Captured Bitcoin versus Spot Bitcoin. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. I'm your host, Nico. This is my co-host, Optimus Fields. This is our guest, uh, McShane. You can go follow him at McShane underscore rights. Uh, you can go check him out on Noster McShane. By the way, we do have a promo code for the Bitcoin conferences. You can use promo code SIMPLY. It'll get you 10% off. Uh, definitely highly recommend them. I've been going since Bitcoin 2021. Uh, they're a lot of fun, especially if you're trying to get a job in the industry. I cannot recommend them enough. They're incredible, especially industry day. Definitely recommend that. Get that type of ticket. And uh, McShane, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, hope to see you in Nashville. It's been a blast, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was our episode. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. Peace out, everybody. Today's episode was brought to you by BitcoinWell.com, a Bitcoin-only platform on a mission to enable financial independence. <laughs>